0: Hi, I'm Andy Bitter, and you're listening to The Monarchist.
1: Hey, Monarch fans. What a weekend. ODU wins 2017. Sends the turkeys home Sad. They're big mad trying to deflect on elevators and stolen items and concessions, but now let's actually talk about the game. Yeah, With boy. us today, as always, is Aaron Zelensky. What's up, Aaron?
2: Dude, I'm on cloud nine. I had a freaking awesome birthday weekend. Great tailgate. Perfect game ending. You guys kind of called that in the pregame. And... uh. It's awesome.
1: And I'm your boy, Mike Langston, and today we are joined by our buddy, Gary Williams. Welcome, Gary.
0: Thank you guys for having me on again. Uh, awesome night, Friday in Norfolk. I saw Instagram pictures of what appeared to be a bike rack fully loaded and on fire somewhere on campus. Uh, I, I like the, uh, we're getting a little West Virginia tradition here. We don't just burn couches, we burn everything after you be beat Virginia Tech, but Great way to pull out a win on Friday. Uh, A lot to to break down and dive into for this one, but I'm just glad to be sitting here on a Sunday evening after another win over Virginia Tech.
1: So I saw the TikTok video of the fires. I'm pretty sure it was 49th Street um, because there was a median. And I I can't think of many other streets we have medians. Another one I could think of is Powhatan. So it was either Power Tanner or uh, 49th where we had the fires.
0: And I, I, they were
1: on the, the cool, the weirdest part about it is there was a fire in both lanes. So <laughs> cops were black, blocking traffic because they didn't want people to drive into the fires. Um, I'm pretty sure the students were trying to get the cops to not be able to get to the parties and shut them down.
2: Mike, each of those was for each of the victories in Norfolk against Virginia Tech. And interesting enough, 49 points in 49th Street. Uh, there's a lot of things lining up that are bad for the Hokies.
0: I mean, I, I've as an alum of Gresham East, third floor back in the day, we were fairly wild then. So don't put it past the Gresham Easters to uh, shut down that side of 49th Street.
1: All right, Gary, so... You prepared some notes for us today. How do you want want us to start here?
0: Oh, I think just overall. I mean, there's a lot to kind of dive into from this first game, Uh, but it's week one, so I'm not going to go too low on the negatives. I'm not going to go too high on the positives because maybe aside from Georgia, I don't think there are any teams coming out of week zero or week one thinking we just played our best football and there's no adjustments that we need to make. So just kind of as a disclaimer, I'm not going to go too negative on what we we saw as a negative, too positive, what we saw as a positive. Uh, But if we're going to talk about a positive, how about that Old Dominion defense? I mean, just nasty, fast, flying to the football. I thought they did a fantastic job from a scheme perspective of disguising their blitzes and disguising their coverages. Most of the plays that we had, we only had three down linemen, and then another defensive end that was just kind of bouncing around all over the place and playing hell on the offensive line for Virginia Tech with their with their protections, with what they wanted to do. Uh, so really just a good job of disguising a lot of things there on the defensive side. But uh, I wish I could name everyone on the defense as a player of the game. Uh, if I'm going to go with someone, uh, Jason Henderson, 18 total on Friday every time there was a play Henderson was getting up uh, I can't count how many times he was coming out of nowhere to stuff the run up the middle if it got through the defensive line uh, he had a huge impact uh, on the interception that Ryan Henry had late in the fourth quarter uh, that receiver heard Jason Henderson coming then felt him make contact and that ball kicked right up in the air Ryan Henry took it that's
1: what eventually led to our uh, game-winning drive. He also escorted uh, Trey Hawkins to the end zone, right?
0: Oh, yeah, he
2: did.
1: Uh, I love him. I've loved him since he started playing for us. But Robert Kennedy was awesome. I, I think we need to give him a shout-out. Scoop and score was huge. He had a few uh, blo- uh, plays where he blew up guys in the backfield or right at the line. Uh, he, he was making plays all game long. Um I'm a big fan of his now.
2: Yeah, Yeah, he had had some great patience there and just making sure that he picked that ball up cleanly and really didn't break stride. There was no one that was going to catch him. And then Chase Henderson was going to make sure that if anyone got close, that they weren't going to touch him.
0: Yeah, and one thing we pointed out last week on the podcast was one of the keys for Old Dominion was forcing Virginia Tech into those third and six plus scenarios to make it a passing down and put pressure on Grant Wells. So Virginia Tech had 16 drives yesterday. Uh, They had two touchdowns, a field goal. One ended with the half break. But 12 of those drives ended in punts or turnovers. Uh, Of those 12, nine were third and six plus. So they really did a good job of making them one-dimensional in that third down play, sending pressure, disguising blitzes, disguising coverages. Uh, and really put the pressure on Grant Wells. And I think as all of us predicted, having seen Grant Wells, he went into turnover machine mode, and Old Dominion jumped on it. Uh, Look at some of the interceptions uh, that the defense stepped up and had. Uh, The first pick by Terry Jones, you go back and watch the video, Stevie Williams comes on a delayed blitz right up the middle. Uh, The running back for Virginia Tech, full credit, stepped up and stopped him, but he was about 18 inches away from Grant Wells. He felt that he made a poor decision. Terry, scary Terry, jumped all over that thing and picked it off. Um, you know, later in the game, Tobias Harris, his interception.
2: Uh, really around.
0: That was around awesome. Around
2: so beautifully. I mean, he picked that ball right off the turf, you know. And, and I love to toot my own horn.
1: Um, I did say he would be a breakout player for this game, and – he made me look a lot smarter than I am.
2: <laughs> hey, you know Gary looked pretty smart talking about Stevie too, man. Stevie had that big play that that Gary just talked about, helping to cause that first uh, interception.
1: Yeah, yeah um, I, he, I love this defense. They're so fun to watch.
0: Yeah, they're they're a lot of fun. They are well coached. Uh, enjoy Blake Tyler while you can at Old Dominion because I promise you, P five schools are taking a look at his schemes, uh, and 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 they're going to like it quite a bit. Um, Just overall, defensively, it was just nasty. I mean, if you look at where Virginia Tech had success really moving the football, a lot of out routes, a lot of spacing concepts where they were able to get a tight end to run a five to 10 yard out, that's really the only place they found a lot of success in the passing game. And Tobias Harris, you're one to watch out for, Mike. He saw enough of those out routes, and he cheated up. He undercut the route and took it. Uh, The only thing I wish is he would have been able to take it for a touchdown, but huge play by him. Also, I don't know if you noticed, he was back on punt return a couple times as well. I don't think he actually had a return, a couple fair catches, but uh, to step in on special teams after playing a starting corner role is is pretty big, big addition to that ODU defense.
2: Yeah, one of the things that you said to watch out in this game that we had difficulty last year, that first game at Wake, was the pace how quickly Wake was coming up. And Virginia Chuck tried to do that. They started out, you know, really with a quick pace and trying to keep us from being able to sub and do those sorts of things. And they had some success uh, with it. But ultimately, unlike last year, the defense was able to kind of get their footing and figure that out and be able to, you know, bend and not break early on and not let it just steamroll them.
1: Well, I mean, you kind of saw it on that first drive, of the game. Um, We get into a, a tough third down. Robert Kennedy actually breaks up with great, great tight coverage, and forces them to punt. But that coverage was awesome. But it was combined with an amazing blitz. Um, if you don't have both of those things working together, uh, it doesn't matter. Because uh, we saw that in we saw we're blitzing off the corner, and Grant Wells was smart enough to attack that wide open receiver. Uh, that happened a couple times, but. If we can get the blitzes and the coverage to work together in unison like that, it's going to be hard to beat us.
0: Yeah, and, and there was, I think, one of the bigger pass plays for Virginia Tech was actually coming on a blitz. and I mean, we were inches away from that being a huge stack, uh, but they hit, you know, a little 10-yard out route and got some yardage. But from a culture perspective for Old Dominion's defense, we, we've never been known for defense until last year. But the speed at which the secondary was coming up in run support was huge. We saw it some last year. I saw it a ton on Friday night where safeties, corners, if a running back for Virginia Tech made any kind of hesitation move, he didn't help himself. He just got two more Hudson jerseys on top of him. So that secondary, uh, safeties, corners, stepping up and giving that support to those two linebackers in this four-two-five is is really, really important. And just how fast, I mean, every time you looked up, there were Hudson jerseys around anybody you know, in a Virginia Tech jersey with a ball. I mean, just that speed defense, that mentality of, that's my tackle, I'm going to go get it, uh, is something we were lacking for a long time. But it's amazing to see it now.
1: And you see those results when everything, when you actually are playing that hard, it's, it makes it you want, want you to play that way. Um, and I imagine that energy in that locker room, they can't probably, they probably
0: can't wait until Saturday. Yeah. And uh, you know, the two touchdowns that Virginia Tech had on offense were both kind of breakdowns on that outside containment. Uh, the Grant Wells run uh, you know, defensive end for ODU kind of got sucked into the play and ended up getting blocked by a, a, a tight end that was pulling from the left side to the right side. Uh, yeah, similar- he bit Hard on that
1: handoff and he didn't, he forgot to seal the edge.
0: Yeah, so that that was one, and then kind of the leak out running back uh, to get their other touchdown, but that's you know, looking through film really only the, the two big mistakes. I think there was one run that Virginia Tech had that was pretty big where we had a few missed tackles, but very few mistakes. Uh, certainly some things I'm sure they'll adjust and, and work on as they go through the week coming up, but you got to feel pretty good if you're sitting in that defensive room for Old Dominion right now because you played a hell of a game against the P5 and, and really pulled out that win.
2: Yeah, there's a couple of good teachable moments they'll be able to look at in the locker room, go over the film. It's a hell of a lot sweeter to have those teachable moments after a W.
0: Yes,
2: absolutely. And how about four interceptions? Seven total last year, four interceptions, first game of the year against Virginia Tech. How sweet is that?
1: Uh, what's even cooler, I mean, the fourth one is whatever. He's chucking it up. But Lamarion James catches it, the Norfolk boy. No better way to beat Virginia Tech at home in Norfolk than having one of our own make that play.
2: That, absolutely, absolutely.
0: That that was cool. Wow, and they just they just kind of have that mean streak. Like you know, you're a little bit scared of them if you watch that on film. The the last interception there in the fourth quarter where Henderson put the footsteps on the Virginia Tech wide receiver and then made contact. Ball pops up. Henry, being a ball hawk, grabs it, gets the interception. Uh, maybe maybe something that, that Ricky might get on Marcus Haynes for, but I don't know if you saw that in the background, to like the 15-yard penalty, but he railroaded Grant Wells when he was coming in to make that tackle. Uh, Gary, when we her- played, Gary, when we played, that's a clean block.
2: Yeah, for real. And you know what? I just might <laughs> take but If you're a quarterback – you don't want any of it, then just fall on the ground, take yourself out of the play, because otherwise you someone's going to hit you.
1: That was a perfect your whole block. Uh, it's a dumb play. You could have just pushed him out of the way. But um,
0: uh, if, if you're going to get the penalty, earn it, and I think Marcus can oh, yeah. earn that penalty. Uh, it also, along with the interception and just everything coming together on that play, fired up that sideline they were yoked, the crowd was losing their mind, and you could just see the Virginia Tech sideline got a little bit shorter after that play because everything went wrong. Quarterback got smoked, made a bad read, pass gets disrupted, interception, and now you've kind of got the big boys on a rope and found out they really weren't that that big a (laughs) boy.
2: I think he was more squared up on Wells than they were squared up on that poor kid that was running out of the end zone, though. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so before that interception that ryan henry picked up there were some girls in our section wagging their keys at my wife and i and gary and all of us it was, and it, my wife is amazing she kept her composure and she didn't bring out the keys until it was clear we were gonna win
0: <laughs> yeah i uh I was was not super confident until we hit all zeros. Uh, and yeah, I, I can jump to this with some plays at the end after that touchdown to go ahead that were critical. And, and they're ones you you don't notice really. You're celebrating the touchdown. You're not paying attention. You just knock down the ball. And let's end this game. Uh, Dominic Seuss, kickoff specialist. One of the best squid kicks I have ever seen in that kind of high pressure scenario. Kicks it down the sideline. It's spinning. Stays inbound. No one can field it. Tech is starting, I believe, on their own 12 or 13 after that play. Uh, Taj Ryle, uh, he depleted Connor Blumerick, who was the uh, you know person who wanted to take his best shot of the day on an OD student running on the field. Uh, squared him up right in the chest. Knocked him out of bounds. Couldn't get a foot down. That's a big incompletion. Then Lemary and James. Playing in that that great drop back kind of zone coverage role, reading the ball, getting under the, in front of the wide receiver, making the interception, like three big plays that you know don't totally show up on the stat sheet, but closing games out, especially in those high pressure scenarios like that. I mean, it would have been really easy for Suits to kick that out of bounds, trying to do that squib like that. Uh, you know, Taj could have you know not played that big hit, could have got a foot down, and now they're at midfield, possibly getting close to field goal range. And Lamarian and James stealing it off with a nice 7-5-7 pick.
2: And before that talk, I, I thought there was some really, really nice clock management and game management by the coaching staff of not rushing. You know, when we didn't get in or the the, the touchdown was overturned and we were back on the half-yard line, there was no panic. Ricky had a couple timeouts. He forced Virginia Tech to burn their, time, their last timeout. That was a s- savvy way to call the game and show that they've matured a lot, you know, and learned a lot over the first year.
0: Yeah, you could just tell the the payoffs from last year being in some close games, where they started to where they finished. Um, r- really just a lot of improvement and making those smart plays you don't even think about to really just feel a nice victory.
1: So uh, obviously we, we love this defense and we can't wait to see what they can do this year. But I think we got to talk a little bit about this offense. Um, obviously, there were struggles throughout the game. But the beginning of the fourth quarter and the very end of the fourth quarter when it mattered the most, they came through. Um, Watson was great all game. Getting yards he should have, he had no business getting. And then Ali on that last drive, I mean, he was everything.
0: Yeah, I, I promise not to get too high on the highs, too lows on the lows. Uh, Not a great game offensively, and I I think there are a lot of factors into that, but I I will give Virginia Tech credit. They They had a very specific game plan to disrupt Old Dominion's offense, and it really worked. Even on the last drive where we scored, their game plan worked. They saw that we had a new center who was making their first start and they were doing a lot to disrupt Xavier Black and what he wanted to do, snap in the football. They were putting Norrell Pollard up there, Josh Fuga. They, he, you know, if they weren't double teaming Xavier Black, they were putting someone right on top of him to pop him. And he got hit hard every game. And you know, Xavier Black is not our biggest offensive lineman. I, I will never say that any offensive lineman in FBS football is a, a small person by any means. Uh, but you know, in comparison to some of our offensive linemen, a little bit undersized, making, making the first start. Uh, I, I thought that ODU oh, made a lot of good adjustments to get him help, to get some double teams from the right side, to use some you know, slide protect so that you can't really line up on any one offensive lineman. But we saw the impact of that middle pressure, whether it was the front four blitzing a middle linebacker right on the center. And there was so much pressure coming back on Hayden in those passing scenarios. That, that really disrupts your timing? You, you get, we had dozen plus low snaps. We had several times when there was a linebacker or a defensive tackle coming right up the middle, really disrupted a lot of things. That said, probably the worst game we've seen from Hayden Wolf in his career at Old Dominion. Uh, it's kind of one of those week one things of you just try to survive and get the win. Uh, but credit to Virginia Tech, great in coverage, great pressure up the middle to really make it difficult for ODU to do anything they wanted, especially from a timing perspective.
2: Yeah, I think they're really effective in limiting Zach as well. I think he had two catches for less than 20 yards. A lot of important blocks that Zach made throughout the game that I've, a lot of people may not have really noticed that you know, were important in a, the big key plays, but they were able to effectively cover him. And same with Ali until – you know, towards the end of the game, but you know, fortunately that's that's when he showed up big time.
0: Yeah, Jalen Strowman for Virginia Tech did a really good job in the secondary on Koontz. He's a pretty big defensive back, and then you always had a linebacker shadowing for anything inside. I thought where ODU did a good job of getting guys open is when they had Koontz actually lined out wide and had him motion in. Uh, that opened up some things for Ali on the outside, but also some of our running concepts that came from that. Kuntz is rushing in, basically blindside blocking some of the guys that are getting penetration from that defensive line of Virginia Tech, opening some things up for Blake Watson.
1: Yeah, that first big throw on the last drive, the, the touchdown scoring drive, you can see it. They're lined up next to each other. Uh, Kuntz goes towards the sideline. Ali goes straight. Run route and the corner covering Ali bites hard, leaving Ali with a huge gap to make that catch. It was, I mean, it was really good play call and play design because either they're going to bite on Ali or they're going to bite on Koontz there. And uh, Wolf made the throw he had to make. And then on the yeah. game win and then the one that put us on the one yard line or the heck. Um, Obviously, they got pressure. Wolf gets it close enough, but with that hit and not throwing off his back foot, Ali makes the play in the air, gets that P.I., and he makes the catch, which uh, allows us to run it in with Watson.
2: Yeah, how critical to be able to keep the concentration and make that tough catch because the P.I. is only going to give him 15 yards. Making that catch puts him right down there.
1: Obviously, that's an easier play for him to make than that corner because that corner has to stop full speed. Uh, he doesn't realize that the ball's getting thrown weakly uh, behind him. Really, really great play by Ali to make
2: that catch. Hayden got hit on that, didn't he? Oh, he got, he got lit up. He yeah. got torched.
0: Yeah, Hay- Hayden will, I'm sure, catch some heat uh, for, for this game and, and his performance. I, I would imagine no one knows that more than he does. I mean, that's a guy who watches more film than I think anybody in the locker room. Uh, so he's he's going to be cleaning that up. but. Give him credit on that play for hanging in there because he got smoked. It is late in the game. Uh, it is not too long after he took that huge shot on that running play that set up the fourth and one that I want to call out as probably the play of the game. Uh, fourth and one on that last drive, handoff to Blake Watson. He is hit in the back by two of his own blockers from the left side of the line. Three defensive players from Virginia Tech had hands on him, two, three yards in the backfield he somehow shows that patience, that vision, sidesteps it, gets forward, gets the first down. If you want to talk a lot of explosive plays in this game that were really, really critical, that little three-, four-yard run to convert that fourth down is the reason why Old Dominion won this football game.
2: Hey, one thing I want to make sure that we don't forget is our true freshman kicker. I mean, Ethan Sanchez, two for two, two extra points. He was ice cold, man. I realized he didn't have like a 50-yarder he had to kick, but your first game against Virginia Tech sold out, and he came up true on all of them. Without him, we don't win this game.
0: Looked like a smooth smooth operator back there, because he even had one kick that had to go back five yards (laughs) on a penalty, and he teed it right back up and just smoked it through like, you know, this is this you know 100th college football game not not his first one he's getting out there uh also want to give some credit to Keyshawn wicks stepping up into that running back number two role uh stats don't really show it uh but i thought he had great vision great patience was a tough runner broke some tackles had a, a big catch out of the backfield as well uh you know from the last time we met, when I think I said Geiger would be the comeback player of the year, um, obviously he's no longer on the roster. Um, you know, another person is off the roster as well, so we're a little thin at running back, so you're going to see three or four running backs, really the three, four, five we have left get some time, uh, but I, I thought Keyshawn Witts played pretty well, and there's a pretty good pass protection that he provides to Hayden Wolf. Uh, is an incomplete pass, but that's a sack if he doesn't step up the pass protection, so to see that out of a guy really make getting his first playing time for Old Dominion uh, gives me some some good feelings from that running back room.
1: Yeah, and I, I didn't expect us to go that deep in the running back rotation, but we saw Ob in there too. Um, I mean, a lot of guys are getting run. They're going to have an opportunity to make plays, and uh, I'm excited to see what those guys can do this year. Um, but Wicks especially, um, he didn't look – I mean, he had a couple plays where he should have like Watson, should have lost yards and was able to kick it out and make something of it. Watson was doing that all game. I mean, I I don't think we can say enough about what Watson did in this game, even though his stats really don't show it. He had an amazing
0: game. Yeah, I mean, tough running. I mean, I I can't tell you how many times he's facing eight and nine man boxes and got positive yardage. Like, you're right, the stats aren't going to show it. 19 carries for 65 yards, long with 13. so about 3.2 yards to carry. But it, it, when you watch that film and see how many Virginia Tech jerseys were in the box and were coming in on him just so, so quickly. I mean, what a what a great game. Um, I can't, can't say enough about Blake Watson, how tough of a runner and how much of a workhorse he's going to be for us this year.
1: All right. And um, here's our chance to, to talk about – what Andy Bitter got right and what he got
2: wrong. <laughs> no, I, I, probably I can't. Well. No, 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 no. I, I, I mean Andy.
1: But, <laughs> but we did mention the long snapper, and that change, and he said there was no concern. It's a long snapper, no big deal. Scoop and score later. Part of the difference in the game. But I, I, I don't
2: know, man. That. No, that was huge. Yeah, I mean that that put Old Dominion up going into the half, right? Yeah. Where it was and I mean? That, that was a that was a big big momentum play because at that point a that, whole you, lot think, wasn't going right. And think about that: you have the lead going into halftime. It changes your whole
1: mentality the rest of the way. You know you have a shot here. Seven three. Yeah, you feel good about that. you feel fine about that, but leading 10-7, I mean, that changes a a lot. You're confident. You're coming out confident, and you know everything you're doing is working on defense and special teams.
0: Um, I mean, it's it's a 10-point swing because that was a pretty chip-shot field goal that would have gone through and and given Virginia Tech three. Instead, ODU gets seven. I mean, it's huge, and you you watch it and – The whole operation of that play for ODU went right. The snap was high. The holder really could have caught it. It would have been up in his face mask. Maybe he doesn't get it down, uh, but it goes right through his hands. Uh, He hears those footsteps coming behind him and, and makes a business decision not to jump on that football, which I can't say I blame him with the amount of horsepower coming behind him. And then to catch that on the bounce and run it in is huge because the way our offense was operating, especially in the red zone, there's no guarantee that that's that's a touchdown for us i mean that, that could be another field goal and you're looking at a completely different ball game especially down the stretch so uh you know we, we I, I think our from our predictions last week especially the treadmill horse article that we sent over to the virginia tech folks you know first to 20 wins hammer the under uh, if you did that you probably made yourself a nice book bag of of money uh mike i believe you had 21 eight, was your guess i had 24 That's right. with a That's late
2: right. score by old dominion to win yeah. i mean you pretty much nailed it spot on yeah i had a
1: feeling about that number i just was off 2 points um um i can't say enough about this game i i'm going to be thinking about it for a while
0: yeah i mean the crowd was engaged uh, major props to the students at odu for showing up filling those student sections and, and not staying. leading.
2: Yeah, sticking were, around and making noise. That's right.
0: Yeah, I, I won't fault them at all for storming the field. They, they have their fun. They earned it uh, being in the stands. Uh, I hope they keep that up the whole season. We've got some some good teams coming to Norfolk that we're going to need that fan help for. We have Liberty, JMU are just a couple to circle because of the, the in-state. Uh, but we we have a rare opportunity here that I don't know if anyone else will ever get again. We can actually win the state SBS title. It's completely made up. I will probably make a fake trophy if we win it. No one else will be able to win it. Oh, a championship a
1: belt. I'm making t-shirts. I already have the design in my head.
2: Oh, there we go.
1: Yeah. Keep it in
0: your
2: head, though, because you know we want to make sure. I'm not secure, putting it on paper. Until we,
1: I'm not putting it on paper until we get to November, but um, it's in my head. It's been in my head all summer. I'm waiting for the right opportunity, but like you said, we're not going to get too far ahead of ourselves. If we're 4-0, and we can go streaking but, not and there start trying out those shirts. But we're not even close to that yet. We have a really tough opponent this week. Um, I'm not sure where we get to talking about them. Our tailgate, I have, uh, our new setup is amazing. I, I can't say anything enough about how good our setup is.
2: I've never seen hamburgers and hot dogs van- vanish as quickly as they did. I thought I had enough, but apparently I didn't. And, and Gary's turkey
1: legs, uh, I keep getting texts about how good they are. Um,
2: they were so good, I didn't even get
1: one. That's that's how good they
0: were. <laughs> I I smoked two dozen. I couldn't reheat them fast enough before they were disappearing off the grill. But great atmosphere in Blue Lot. Fans were out there. Fans were excited. There were, you know, I, I, I take blame. There were some Virginia Tech fans uh, rolled into our tailgate a little bit, but they had a good time. They had a good experience. I I think most rational Virginia tech fans knew that that was going to be a tight game and they had a a good chance to lose it. Um, I do want to shout out any Virginia tech fan that said that, uh, you know, we want our national championship on Friday. First of all, I don't want to hear anything about national championships from Virginia tech until y'all win one and something. Uh, And second, I don't even know if you're one of the top three toughest opponents on our schedule this year. So, um, but you know, Whatever, whatever helps y'all. If that was our national title, that's great. Can't wait to win a, a couple more against you in the future.
1: Super Bowls usually have parades, and we are not parading after this thing.
0: So, no, I I think we actually may have a tougher matchup on our hands Saturday. Week.
1: Yeah,
0: in North Carolina.
1: Um, crowd, what would you say the the breakdown of ODU to Virginia Tech fans was? It felt more. We had a better representation this time around than we did in 2018. I don't know if you guys would agree with that. But it felt like more Tech it, fans were there the first time
2: around. It's hard to tell because the ugly colors stick out a lot. So I think it makes it look like there's more than they actually are. I'm not really sure. But they certainly had a pretty you know, pretty good presence. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, 65, 35, I would say. Um, that's probably a, a conservative estimate. There are a lot of Virginia Tech fans. I um, had nothing but good interactions in the stands with them. Uh, I think a lot of them started, you know, walking up the stairs on that last touchdown, which I don't don't necessarily blame them. Uh, I, I didn't hear anyone saying Grant Wells for Heisman, though, after opening kickoff. Yeah,
1: that was a nice run, Byron. But... It, it was. All right, fellas, are we ready to move on to the big game this week?
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So
1: East Carolina, we're going down to Greenville. It's gonna be a late afternoon kickoff. Uh, it could be pretty hot. It was hot in Norfolk, and we kicked off much later than this. Um, it could be hot in East at East Carolina. Hopefully, they decide to wear purple or black or something. This, I would like us to be in white for this 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 game. Um, They had a very tough game this week against a very highly regarded NC state team. They push them to the edge, but uh, are let down by their kicking game, miss a field goal and a PAT late. Um, Really good performance by them. Uh, Did you guys get the chance to watch that one?
0: Yeah, I I watched just about all of that game and and really, in all honesty, they probably should have won it. Uh, A a couple of missed kicks here and there, I thought they played really well, especially on the defensive side of the ball against the NC State team. that's supposed to be pretty good offensively. Uh, Really, East Carolina starts and stops on offense with Holton Aylers, their quarterback. I I think he's been there. He's on the Van Wilder plan. This might be a sixth or seventh season at ECU, but he he brings that experience, that calm presence. Uh, He threw for... 267 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, but he also rushed five times for 57 yards and was their leading rusher. Uh, It's going to be a little bit different game plan for ODU. I think defensively, they're really going to have to get after him, contain him, not let him eat them up with a lot of those quick read passes that they were uh, doing a lot with in that game. Uh, But if, if you can get pressure on him, really make him run and pass similar to Grant Wells, you can have him make some turnovers. But the the quarterback game is going to be up considerably for our opponent this year going in. He's significantly better than Grant Wells.
1: So this is how old Holden Baylors is. He was at ECU when Gardner Minshew left. <laughs> that He was the guy that they put in to replace. Like, he has been there that long. Feels, that feels like it was a decade ago. Um,
0: I mean, I remember rooting for uh... – uh, rooting down in Jacksonville uh, for for our boy there. So that, that is, uh, that's a decade. Was he, was he there under Lincoln Riley before he went to OU? Was it that far ago?
1: If you go to the ECU page and this beautiful magazine that we all have from our boy Phil Steele, and you go to quarterbacks for ECU, in 2018, East Carolina had zero experience at quarterback with Gardner Minshew transferring to Washington State. Holden Aylers was used mostly as a runner early on, but started versus uh, UCF and ended up throwing 406 yards. He's also the first East Carolina quarterback since David Garrard, another Jag, to rush for 100-plus in a game. So I'm either reading this wrong or he has been there since uh, 2019.
0: Yeah. He's, he definitely has a lot of experience at East Carolina, a lot of experience. Uh, you know, they've got new coaches, but I don't know if the, I don't think that much has changed over the two years that the new coaching staff has been in place. I will tell you, they struggled to run the football against North Carolina state. Now North Carolina state's front seven, they're nasty. And I don't necessarily hold that against them. They'll probably get better. Uh, but really 22 carries went to running backs in that game. And, uh, Aylers had 41 pass attempts, so really not much balance. Uh, you, you look at Old Dominion against Virginia Tech, even though I, I had to go and recount the plays myself because I felt like we ran it up the middle a lot more than we did. But we had 33 rushes, 35 passes, pretty balanced from ODU. They expect East Carolina to throw the ball a ton. 40, 50 attempts are very likely.
2: Yeah, I Gary, they should have won the game, man. I mean, they missed an extra point towards the end missed a field goal at the end they they should have beat a number 13 it ranked nc state last week so i think they're going to be fired up mike you're absolutely right he has been there since 2018 I mean, he had 263 attempts in 2018 so he's been he's been around for a long time and he's played for a long time um last year he took 36 sacks so he's certainly vulnerable but was interesting in this last game i, I don't know if the the offensive line at East Carolina has improved that much, or or if uh, NC State just but he had zero, he didn't have, he didn't get sacked once this past week. I, so. I, I
1: think, I mean, he's a running QB, so I, I think a lot of that is just maybe scorekeeping errors. I don't know. Um, I don't watch a lot of ECU football, but I did watch on Saturday, and their defense is big and they are fast. Um, I know. For, Virginia Tech's D-line and their defense is really well-regarded, but this this ECU defense might be just as good. they got eight returning starters. Um, they slowed down one of the best ACC offenses this past weekend. This could be another uh, tough matchup for us.
0: Yeah, and they really buckled down on third down. Uh, North Carolina State was four for 13 on third down conversions, kind of leading more to the – how did East Carolina not win this football game against North Carolina State? And then also North Carolina State had three red zone chances and only scored one touchdown. Uh, one of those stands was one of the most impressive things I've seen. North Carolina State, first and goal at the one, doesn't score a touchdown. They even went for a fourth down from the one and couldn't get it. So they are a, a bend but don't break defense. Uh, they're tough. They are probably going to try to exploit the same things that Virginia Tech did to get that pressure up the middle, impact snaps, mess with Hayden as much as possible. Uh, yeah, it, you know, we talk about Ayler's their quarterback. He's the, the nerve center of their offense. But I think there's a lot of similarities between East Carolina and ODU. Even looking back to last year, East Carolina got off to a horrible start. Similar to the way we did, they rallied, ended up becoming a really good football team by the end of the year, and they're carrying that momentum. Uh, I think the only difference is they they played a little bit better ACC team than we did, and they didn't come away with the win because of some kicks. But, you know, curious to see how they come out of the locker room. Like, are they pumped up like we were that close? Now Old Dominion's coming in, a team that he's not lost to yet. And are they going to, you know, pound our faces in, or do they kind of take a step back and think, oh, this is going to be a cupcake compared to NC State?
2: Well – they're playing Campbell after us, so I can't imagine that they're looking past us to a big game the following week. So I think they'll, I think they'll, they'll be ready. They'll be fired up. They, they all think that they should be one to know, and they should. They're right. Um, but I think Old Dominion is going to be coming in with a lot of, um, a lot of confidence. They know that they could have played a lot better than they did, but they were still able to fight through it and come through with a victory. Um, so I. Th- I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game. I really do.
1: We have some guys that were on this team that got this the victory stolen from them, right?
2: Two of well, them, two times.
1: Well, back to back years, we got victory stolen. There was the interception that got overturned. That was definitely an interception. It was so bad the conference USA refs actually released a statement saying, "Yeah, we messed up." Which is what? Do, what do we do with that? Um, and then secondly. We had the goal line where they got the same play and they gave them the touchdown. We get the same play. They'd say it's not a touchdown, which I still don't understand. You look at the same thing. The colors are just different. How can it be a different result? Same refs. uh, That still pisses me off to this day. and I I don't know how fresh in everyone's mind that is, but it still pisses me off we didn't beat them at Ballard that year.
0: Yeah, we've we've had two really close games with them. Some questionable play calls for sure. Uh, I, I'm not gonna blame Conference USA refs. They, uh, you know, they, they know what they did. They're they're terrible, and thankfully we're no longer having to deal with them. Uh, but I mean, it, I, I kind of think that this game is not what anyone's going to expect. I, I haven't seen the opening line yet on or the opening over under. Uh, but I feel like this is going to be an offensive breakout game for both teams. Like you're going to see a different Hayden Wolf. You're going to see them spread the field a little bit more. Uh, one thing NC State did really well against East Carolina's defense is they spread the field. They had nine receivers make catches, and they would spread the field with four wide, where they would you know be in a, a 31 and move that tight end out actually outside the slot, and then be able to gash with their running back. Running back average. 4.2 yards a carry for North Carolina State in that game. Um, so I, I think we really need to to spread it out, become a little bit less predictable with some of those inside zone runs that we had. Uh, I know that's going to be kind of our bread and butter and, and trying to get three yards and a cloud of dust, but uh, getting Hayden Wolf into a rhythm early is really important. They tried that on the first drive. We had a run. We had a short pass that was completed and incomplete on third down. I think Hayden completing three of his first four, four of his first five, letting those be easy throws will set him up to be more successful, and then securing the middle of that offensive line. It's really hard as a quarterback to make any kind of reads when there's a defensive tackle blasting you up the middle. Uh, You can handle pressure from the outside. I thought he did that well. He used good feet, stepped up in the pocket. But when you're getting crashed that quickly, uh right up the middle it's really difficult to make any kind of reads force you to short arm everything we saw a lot of low low throws uh getting some time for Hayden up the middle is gonna be really important against ECU
2: 12 and so, a half points Gary that's not what I'm seeing what do you it see opened it,
1: it opened at 12 and it's down to 11 um the still overall, a lot it's <laughs> still a lot yeah we open up as dogs road dogs um Action shows it at 12 right now, and ESPN shows it at 11 right now. Uh, Over-under is set at 52, which, Gary, if you're right, you're betting the over on that one.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's somewhere around 60 is probably the right number. And, uh, you know, if you're an ECU fan and you want to make a little wager on East Carolina, I'd probably wait. I imagine that line ends up somewhere near 9.5 by kickoff, uh, similar to the way that, the ODU Virginia Tech line opened it, I think, nine and a half. And the books were begging for Virginia Tech money. They got that thing all the way down to six right before kickoff. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm going to go over, and I, I think Old Dominion will cover 12. Uh, it, it's really hard to predict this game because you just don't know with both these teams coming off of some tough opponents. But I'm going to err on the side of offenses getting right after not being great for week one and looking like a – 34, 31, somewhere
1: in that range. I am not ready to make a prediction yet.
0: Um, (laughs) It's tough. Yeah, it's it's very difficult.
1: I don't – the big – they always – coaches will always say this. The biggest improvement is going to be week one to week two, right? Um, The defense is always ahead of the offense. So we – that goes along with your thought of, we're going to see two different teams on Saturday. Two different teams are going to be scoring better. Defenses aren't going to look as good as they did this past week. Um, so 52 is the line. I definitely like that spread for us. It, it looks like a big number. If I've, if we could bet on Virginia teams in Virginia, I'd be jumping on Old Dominion right now easy. But give me a minute. Let's hear Aaron's
2: thoughts while I try to figure this out in my head. Well, you guys know that I don't bet my own money because I suck at it. So <laughs> I'm not going to make a, a financial wager here. But I think the game is going to be close one. I don't think it will be quite as low scoring as it was this week. Um, I, I haven't looked at the weather, but I, I am concerned because we had a lot of guys cramp this week. So I'm hoping we're able to kind of get that a little bit more right because Aaron,
1: Aaron it is supposed to rain most of the week and that usually leads to it cooling
2: down a little bit.
1: Um, I mean, it's still Greenville, North Carolina. It's going to be hot probably in early September. Yeah.
0: I, I will say we escaped week one without any major injuries. We did have a lot of guys cramping up, uh, our, arterian cramped up for a while uh, i was really worried about Tyron hunt because he went down early in that second half went off straight to the locker room uh, apparently though that was a cramping issue he was back out there two drives later uh so we've we've dodged some bullets to not take big injuries in camp and avoid them against week one against the power five and that's really important for us you look at the first five games i mean there's some teams that are going to beat you up like Blake Watson probably spent Friday night in a, uh, in an ice bath. Uh, I imagine most of the offensive line did as well. Um, Jason Henderson may still be in one right now as many times as he was just cracking Virginia tech, uh, ball carriers. But, uh, the fact that we aren't going to be going in with any major injuries after week one is important. I don't think there were any major ones for East Carolina as well. I know, uh, Ehlers went down a little bit early with a, an elbow issue but he came right back the next drive and seemed to be perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, it's it, you're going to start talking about battle of attrition here by week three with everybody's schedules.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I just looked, Mike. It's uh, I know it's kind of far out, but we're looking at 88 degrees at game time. I'm sorry, 84 degrees at game time feels like 88. So still going to be pretty warm. So hopefully, hopefully we're able to dial that in a little bit
1: all right i'm ready to commit to a number you're right 31 28 old dominion um they actually make the late push they get a touchdown to to get to 28. um we don't we cut to run the clock in our next drive they get a last chance to uh try to tie it up and someone like terry jones or Trey Hawkins or Tobias Harris gets the pick to seal the victory. That's that's how I see it.
0: I like it. So we got a 34-31, a 31-28. Uh, I, I'll tell you, this game is, is really important to East Carolina. Uh, they, they should have gotten the victory against North Carolina State. They probably think, okay, we can beat Old Dominion. It's not going to be easy. But the rest of their schedule for the next couple weeks is a lot of good games for them. They've got Campbell. They've got Navy, who just lost to Delaware. South Florida, who just got dump trucked by BYU. A Tulane team that was 2-12 and 12 last year. Memphis, a Central Florida without Scott Frost. And then they circle BYU. They could essentially be bowl eligible if they can win this game and then roll through and beat the teams that they're supposed to after that. Because uh, after that, it's BYU, Cincy, Houston, uh, and then last game of the year at Temple. So they're probably circling this as like, hey, th- this is our best opportunity to make sure that we're going to be bowl eligible because of how typical that schedule is in the back end.
2: All right, I'm going 24-21. I think Ethan Sanchez kicks a about a 50-yard field goal to win this thing. 50? 50. 50. I think Ricky. I think Ricky's. I think Ricky's going to give it to him. And I think we saw Nick Rice on the sidelines. Earlier uh, on 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 Friday night, I think Nick gave him the rub, and we're gonna see it. We're gonna see the freshman come into his own. All right, um, that's a that's a long one. Calling a 50-yard game winner from the true freshman, and this is why I don't bet.
0: <laughs> I, I I can promise you that uh, power won't be the issue on the 50-yarder. If if anything, it's gonna be accuracy. But how smooth was he? The whole game. I mean, it, it's it's hard to to put into words. You've got a packed stadium. You know you're on national TV. You're a freshman kicker running out there, and it was like he's kicking back at camp again, just nothing. Yep. And the whole operation, long snapper, holder, just boom, 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 business as usual. Uh, I I hope it just stays that way the rest of the year. Because that's a we, we saw it. it. It really came down to to, to those field goals, and we're going to be in those knockdown dragouts this year, and we're going to need those. Those threes when we can.
2: I was watching during warmups and it's just smooth as silk. I mean, effortless. It's it's uh, it's nice to see.
0: I'll oh, I'll give Ethan Dwayne some credit as well. He had a lot of punts. Uh, he had a lot of punts that were not fieldable. Like I I don't think I've ever seen a punter kick a knuckle ball like he had. That started on the left hash and ended on the right numbers. Uh, but they, they couldn't get a return they couldn't set anything up so uh part of that defense is having a good punter ethan dewayne had some great punts definitely want to give him a shout out i think i've hit all the people that kicked the football on our team today
2: including uh what might have been a kick from the holder of virginia tech side
0: <laughs> yes yeah. so
1: so we talked about how important this game is for ecu but um for perception wise if we could take this game, how much does that change the perception around Old in football?
0: Um, I mean, I, I think you get a lot of nervous people in Charlottesville if we roll into Charlottesville 2-0. Um, it, it, it just kind of cements that we are we are a program on the up. I mean, but it's just because they beat Tech doesn't mean we're going to beat East Carolina. It, it's a road game. They're good. They have a lot of weapons. Like, I, I think of our four non-conference games, I, I think we all would feel pretty good if we came out of that somehow two and two. We would be okay with one and three. But getting that one out of the way week one is huge for the confidence. Because that way if we do, maybe we don't play well at East Carolina. They beat us. Okay, we're going to go play a Virginia team that struggles defensively and on the offensive line, and we're going to have a shot at them. Liberty just had their starting quarterback go down for six to eight weeks. Their backup was good. Salter played really well. But that makes that game a little bit more winnable for us when it's not someone coming from a power five. So
1: But Caden Salter is coming from a
0: power five.
1: He was kicked off Tennessee's football
0: team. uh, Yeah, because he got arrested. I think that's a little different than how Brewer ended up at uh, Liberty. But, you know, (laughs) Nick Saban has his coaching redemption program. And, you know, our buddy in Liberty has his credit card part and he um, yep, brings in some some projects too
2: well what i will say is if old dominion is able to go to east carolina and come out with a victory going into charlottesville with a ton of a mo- momentum what we haven't talked about and i'm trying to tennessee dismisses quarterback salter following yes <laughs> i see that mike so if we're able to go into charlottesville with that momentum I won't even talk about winning or losing that game but go down to east carolina take care of business win that thing what we haven't talked about since the last episode was recruiting the 757 you win those two games here and you got some you know some high school seniors that maybe start thinking and changing their mind about where they want to go i don't know i think it's huge
1: or more importantly, we start seeing guys that are in, they're going to be in the portal later this year that start taking the old man a little bit ser- more seriously. Cause we're showing them that we, we we're using transfers the right way. I mean, Ollie Jennings, uh, Jennings,
0: Coontz, Tyran Hunt, Tobias Harris. Yeah. I'll tell you, we had over 100 recruits at SB Ballard Stadium on Friday night for that game for football. I also know Jeff Jones had several recruits there as well. Uh, he was actually in my section, got to say hello to him and some of the guys that he's bringing in. Uh, I imagine that other fall sports teams probably had some official visits for that game as well. And what a better can, – can you think of a better environment for ODU to bring those players in, that bring those you know potential recruits into? Of, it's a packed house. We're playing a big team. We're on national TV. We win the football game. The fans stick around. I mean, that win brings up and elevates everybody else and what they're trying to do with their programs.
1: Yeah. uh, I'm just happy to be a Monarch. I always am, but it feels a little bit different today.
0: Say what, if you can somehow survive and get a win week one, you are a lot happier than the teams that are 0-1 trying to figure all their stuff out. You know, we, we don't get that last touchdown, and we probably have a little different conversation today about what's going on with the offense. But survive get through week one try to set yourself up and you know we're gonna have a really tough game at east carolina next weekend
2: well i'm gonna be there how about you mike
1: yeah i'm there i can't we got our bus pass we'll be riding down with venture that's
0: can't right wait to do it I, I have a bad friend who decided to get married that weekend in dc so I will be in D.C. possibly at the uh, jags Commanders game on Sunday. But uh, t- TBD, I-, I promise you I'll be watching on my phone. I don't care if it's during the ceremony. I'll be watching.
2: It should be illegal to have a wedding on an Old Dominion football schedule day. It really well, should
0: this, be- this is the second uh, wedding of two Virginia Tech people I've been to in the last couple weeks. Uh, the Week zero, they actually had the Hokey Bird show up for their wedding. And you know, I had a nice little trash talk. I may have a little more trash talk for this wedding coming up next weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even remember who they're. I think they have a, a FCS game this week, right?
0: Wofford next week. They yeah. should beat them. Uh, the, the Virginia Tech's going to be okay. Like Pry has the defensive stuff down. He, they just lost so much talent over the last two years. Like, they kept Foytay a year or two too long. But I, I do think Pry is going to be the right guy. Based on their defensive game plan, they've got the smarts. They, they've got to go get a quarterback. They've got to get some offensive weapons. But if any Virginia Tech fan is calling for prize head, you are massively short-sighted. He will be a good hire for Virginia Tech. Now, what
1: they're all calling for is an end to the ODU Virginia Tech series. Um, well,
2: if they do, one thing I can say is the lunch pail won't eat any Ballard turf or Cornblow turf. <laughs> Two appearances,
0: right? yeah no, no turf.
1: We can't let them cancel that series.
0: If they do, we'll be able to name the new North End zone after Virginia Tech. I'll put it that way. That's a pretty big buyout associated with canceling that series. but yeah you know, that that's a good series for Virginia Tech. There are a lot of Hokies in the seven five seven that don't want to drive six hours to Blacksburg to watch a game. and they they get to see Virginia Tech right there. They get to be in a a, a fun environment. And then let's not forget, this game is actually on a Saturday. Every single Virginia Tech uh, assistant is going to be at one of those 757 schools recruiting. So the fans can clamor for it all they want. Uh, the the possibility of expanded playoffs on the horizon are going to lead to more Power 5, G5 games because losses won't hurt like they used to. Um, you, you don't want to lose that game with Ultimate. Who you going to replace it with? Liberty? Come on.
1: Well, the bigger issue would be who would we replace it with? And we'd probably sign a long-term deal with one of those ACC schools that wants that that opportunity to come down here and play and show off for those recruits.
2: That's right. I mean, they they'd be at those games on Friday nights. I mean, North Carolina State
1: and UNC did not hesitate to schedule games in Ballard when we moved up.
0: And so, Lake Forest is coming next year. I um, mean, they they know the value of having a presence in the seven five seven, and if you want to claim your state like you better if you can't recruit the 757 it's not your state it's definitely not your commonwealth so i think we proved that on friday
1: also props to ricky with the beautiful gift response to the our state waterside uh trash talk from virginia tech pregame. post-game he just responds with the jordan truck. uh perfect gift choice 10 out of 10 only thing better than that was all the Hudson love that Hudson got and deserves from the national media.
0: I mean, Hudson was trending nationally on Twitter. I think we were the only good game on Friday, and thankfully, uh, Virginia Tech's coordinators overloaded the uh, elevator on the west side, so they got stuck, and that led to about a seven-minute feature on uh, on Hudson for must-with admission i uh, very happy to see it. Uh, my wife was very disappointed. It did not make it to the blue lot, but imagine the little guy had a lot on his plate there with that first game.
2: I will say that Hudson wasn't able to make it to the blue lot. It was my little guy, bronze win because he got those freshly baked dog treats that Brittany <laughs> had made and he loves them by the way. And uh, you know, something funny about that is my mother-in-law actually ate one and she's like, these things aren't very sweet. And I said, that's because they're dog
0: treats. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, We should have given some to Bruce Rader when he was there taking pictures with us. He would have enjoyed that.
1: Well, we were trying to wheel and deal there. Uh, Hudson, the the one thing that was interesting about this Hudson scenario is a lot of people have never seen dogs with shoes on. They don't understand that it's protective pads. How is that not, like, common knowledge?
2: Yeah, because that, that asshole well, is so hot. Yeah, there's dog yeah. Crocs for money, man. I can't I, I If I was Crocs, or actually, it wasn't Crocs, you can see the label. I can't remember what they're called. I think called. it's
1: bagware or something
2: yeah, like that. Yeah, would be selling a ton of those. I'd have Hudson as the spokesperson right now. NIL deal for Hudson.
1: And good for much with the mission. Great charity. They get mentioned for that whole period. I'm happy they did not understand that elevators cannot have a. They can't just hold everybody that wants to get in them. Yeah, there is a capacity limit at that. And it's usually mentioned in there. And you're talking about like 10 football
2: guys? It is. And the elevator. Usually, The elevator usually dings violently too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so don't blame us that you can't count. And you guys are lying about your weight. All right?
0: i think i think the elevator was just trying to help their offensive coordinator realize that grant wells was not the answer but even after a long delay in the elevator to think about it they still uh still brought him out there i i warned some virginia tech fans that were sitting in front of me like like i've seen grant wells this could be an experience for you after the first interception they turned around how did you know well we play marshall a lot
1: (laughs) i'm surprised i'm still surprised jason brown didn't win that job he he can run. Every time he had a chance to play for South Carolina, he played well. Um,
0: yeah, they'll be. I'm sure they'll be thinking about that this week and seeing seeing what else they can do. And you know, it is week one. Uh, last year, when we faced Grant Wells up at Marshall, his worst game of the season came against us, and he played pretty well the rest of the year. So uh, it, he may be able to turn that around and and get some things going. I don't think he. Ha- I think he actually had more weapons at Marshall than he does at Virginia Tech right now. That could be different 5 six games from now, but uh, you know I, I would expect he, he's probably going to play pretty well against Wofford next weekend.
1: I can't wait. ECU, it's going to be a fun one. It's always fun hanging
2: with the Pirates. 6 p.m. next Saturday, Greenville, North Carolina. Monarchs will be there.
0: ESPN Plus if you're not. That's right. Yeah, come find us. All, All right, right, go Monarchs. Go Monarchs, guys. Thanks for having me on.
2: Go Monarchs.